Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. What do you see? Hmm. That's the usual office stuff. Stapler. Gyro killer bees. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and together, as we have since 2005, we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, Marvel, Star Wars, and more here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook every Wednesday night events, blog, and more, please be sure to join the community, subscribe to the podcast, and find everything else at www.radio.com. So with D23 Expo just days away, the excitement and anticipation continues to build for what is coming to the Disney parks. And last week, I shared my Walt Disney World wish list for what I hope and think will be announced. But this week, we're going to do a little armchair imagineering and take a fun look at our top 10 places and spaces in Walt Disney World that we would re-theme. Then stay tuned for our Disney trivia question of the week where you can enter to win a Disney prize package and more updates and your voicemails at the end of the show. If you like what you hear, please share the show and tell a friend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Last week, I explored some of the announcements I was wishing and hoping for, dare I say predicting, for this year's D23 Expo, September 9th through 11th at the Anaheim Convention Center. And it got me thinking about some of the other locations in Walt Disney World that maybe, actually probably, won't be getting an update, and maybe don't really need one, but just for fun and to play a little armchair Imagineer for a bit, I was kind of mentally touring the park and designing in my head some locations that I would or could re-theme. So this week, we're going to look at the top 10 places and spaces we would re-theme in Walt Disney World. And when you hear top 10, you know it won't be 10, and that little Timmy Foster from Guide to the Magic will be with me. Little Timmy Foster, welcome back, buddy. I'm sorry, I got my Imagineering hat on with the, with the propeller spinning on the top. I'm, I'm ready to go. I was going to say, I have no idea what that looks like, but I'm sure it makes well, there you, you look go. far less nerdy than you already do. Um, That's not possible. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so like I was, I've been thinking <laughs> about this a lot, right? And because Expo is sort of that time that we know that the big announcements are going to be made. We already know about... Not just not something that new that's coming, but, the, you know, Tiana's Bayou Adventure was really sort of the thing, the sort of the impetus that got me thinking about this. And it wasn't places that necessarily need an update and might not be getting one, but it might just be fun to kind of look at them and sort of self-imagineer 
how and where and why we would give some of these locations not a not a gutting, right? Not gutting a building and building something new, but just sort of retheming the space that's already there. Again, you're introducing rules I wasn't privy to. Oh, just get ready. That's okay. Actually, rules- you did you did say that. Yeah, you warned me about this. And and I okay, so first things first. This is, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and listen, just because I set the rules, it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to break them because Oh, I I'm clearly not. No, I'm, we're we're going out of We've it. been doing this for a long time. Like so <laughs> like so for me, <clears throat> excuse me, I specifically left Marvel out of the equation because if, right now it's very much just wishful thinking here on the Walt Disney World side of things until something changes. Yeah. But, Tim, before we get into this list, mm-hmm. I think that there are some attractions that are absolutely sacred. I think there are some attractions that cannot and should not be touched. Do you agree mm-hmm. or disagree? Well, absolutely agree, but I'm kind of curious whether we're, our lists are similar. So let's just sort of go through it. <laughs> just I'll... I'll throw one out. You tell me if you agree or disagree. If okay, I like this. I like sacred, this. Yeah. The sacred and untouchables. If you disagree with me, you're going to accidentally be dropped from the call. Carousel of Progress. <laughs> well, you know what? I thought you were going to say that. And little caveat, no. But are are we allowed to refresh the final scene once in a while? Refreshing is fine. Re-theming. And absolutely, right. yes. And don't you dare touch my Carousel of Progress. Exactly. It's Walt. Yes. That's all it. And I exactly. think along those same lines, it's a small world. Absolutely. I think, again, beloved classic, classic attraction, 64 World's Fair, it's Walt, also untouchable. Exactly. Although I feel like I heard something new on my recent trip, but we'll come back to that. But basically, yes. Don't you touch my It's a Small World. So here's a question for you, because I don't yeah. know the answer to this. Yeah. Is the Tiki Room untouchable? You know... Hmm. It's funny. Well, what do you think it's untouchable? See, this is where my heart and my head sort of get I, into conflict I, with each other. Because I'll tell to you, a certain degree it is, but a little refreshing, not the Iago refreshing, but a new type of refreshing might not. I don't know. I feel sacrilegious. <laughs> I only mention this now. And you know, I mentioned this because I, I was just I was, I was just down there at Walt Disney World. I, I'm never there. You know this, but I actually was just there. And uh, we we're in the Tiki Room and I'm loving every minute of it. I'm singing along with the breeze and all that. But I'm watching. There's a family next to me with three kids from you know four up to teenager. And um, it, it was it was actually cute because when it started, the littlest one, he was just looking up in awe of everything. And it was that face. You know, and uh, it was, you know, pulling at your heartstrings and all that. But once you get past first couple songs and then you get into the, the, the luau thing and when it kind of slows down a little bit, I could see I could see the heads nodding, the eyes wandering, the teenager. Are we done yet? You know, that kind of thing. So I was I was thinking, don't rehaul, don't change it, anything. Maybe there's in the middle. We could perk things up a little bit with uh but no, now, generally speaking, no. Right. Because we're, what we're talking about here is a retheming. Like, okay, we're getting yeah. the Tiki Birds. It's going to be something new, <laughs> not necessarily a refreshing of the attraction, keeping the animatronics, keeping those birds in there as, as maybe they're, they're same characters, but 
giving it an updated storyline, which is what they intended yeah. to do with under new management. Right, right. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, 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 no, oh, a little hesitant. No, I mean, I mean, uh, no, meaning don't touch it. <laughs> no, it unless you want to give it a fresh coat of paint or something like that. Or you can add some more pirates. I won't mind if you do that. All right, I'll, you know, I'll go through these quick. I'm just going to quickly like knock. The, you just tell me when to stop. Okay, I'll give you yes or no. All right. Yep. All Haunted right. Mansion. Yeah. Wait. What's my yes? Don't. You know no. What? Don't just, touch. Okay. It. To make life easy, <laughs> you stop me when you say no. It's not untouchable. No, it's not untouchable. Right. So, so we're presuming me. these are on the untouchable are, list. This if is I the untouchable to that, list. I will yell. If you disagree okay. that right. this Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, Peter Pan's Flight, Dumbo, The Carousel. This one's a tough one. Hall mm-hmm. of Presidents. <laughs> Uh, right now, now again, this is not a political. This has nothing to do with. No, politics, no, no. I know. Uh, but no, I'm it, with you. I'm with you. Keep going. Keep going. Right. It's yeah. it's it's Walt. Right. It's the thing that Walt. Yeah. 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 Place yeah. America. Okay. Jungle Cruise. Here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna bounce out of. Um, I'm gonna bounce out of Magic Kingdom because I think there's mm-hmm. ones outside. Mm-hmm. This one might stop you in your tracks. Mm-hmm. Walt Disney, One Man's Dream. Nope. Okay. Keep going. The Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Absolutely, and it's on my list to talk about later on. Continue. Interesting. Expedition <laughs> Everest. I don't go on that, so yeah, leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm putting Muppet Vision on here because it can only have a Muppet update. Um. Well, when you phrase it like that, then sure, I agree. I'm up, I'm up <laughs> I'm up. I'm update. <laughs> All right. Like so let's go through. Let's have some fun. All let's right. go through our list of the top ten ish places and spaces you would retheme. You don't have to go too, you know, deep into this. I don't need you to sort of fully flush out the idea unless you have it. But give me the space and what you would retheme it to. Okay. I'm going to start. You know, it's funny. I. I, I Gave myself a rule that I'm not going to do attractions specifically, mm-hmm. but more spaces. And then I promptly broke my rule right away in the first question. But um, so I thought I'm going to start out. I'm going to go to the Magic Kingdom. I'm going to start with just generally Tomorrowland. Good place and, to start. And, uh, and what I'm thinking is, is having just been there and noticing they're going back to a more austere white um kind of a color palette subdued color palette and the the those neon colors and kinetic uh, light displays are all kind of going away and i miss that and i don't like it so i kind of want to bring that back again um one thing i i really ran to on this trip probably because i was staying at the contemporary where they're they're pushing this theme and having seen epcot and all its transition um i really was getting a big a strong vibe of the Epcot city that Walt envisioned the origins of the, the park going back to 1971 and so forth. So I, and a lot of these, I was trying to think it would be nice to, without building a city to recreate the experience of just a glimpse of what that might've been like. And I was thinking in Tomorrowland, maybe you do because right now it's like the TTA is a good place to start. It's just a tour of Tomorrowland. Here's space mountain. Here's this, here's that. We know back in the day, my favorite iteration was the previous one where you're going through this fictional 
a depiction of a city of tomorrow and the hover burbs and the metro retro society, all that stuff. And I'd like to see that come back, but you could also maybe retheme it as you're sort of in Epcot in terms of Epcot, the city, and you're just in this part of it, like the, the middle part or something. And the TTA is announcing this place goes, this line goes to the, well, the hoverbirds like it did before, but more in relation to what the city is. Um, but you could have some fun with that, with the, the, the signage and the decor and everything else. Um, but one thing I thought we could have fun with this, Breaks my rule because I said I wasn't going to deal with attraction, but there is one attraction Tomorrowland. I would love to see them retheme, and that's the Speedway because I never go on it. And I'm always, I'm always kind of um, thrown by why it's part of Tomorrowland because it doesn't have anything to do with the future or anything like that. But I had a thought if we wanted to bring it in line with this idea of Tomorrowland and uh, what a, a city of tomorrow might be like. Maybe we swap out the cars for electric cars because we're green now and that's more energy efficient. I'm sure it would be better for them anyway. And you kind of retheme the track as you're driving these new electric cars of the future through the city of the future. And there's billboards and signs and little diorama scenes of uh, settings that take place in the city and have it integrate better with uh, the Tomorrowland that it was. And maybe I'd go ride it more often. So, so that was my first thought to take, take Tomorrowland and taking a relook at it to recast it as some hypothetical vision of what tomorrow might be instead of a collection of roller coasters and, uh, and fun attractions, but not really tied together with much. So that's where I'm starting and, and put that old colorful sign back. Cause I like that. There's a lot to unpack here, Tim. There is a lot, There's to, a unpack. lot to unpack. Um, not the least of which is I, I, I have serious issue with the fact that you call the TTA and I quote, just what? a tour. No. Well, you, oh, wow. Did I say that? You, you're, you're, you're treading on no, incredibly no. nice. The TTA <laughs> is hands down the greatest attraction ever constructed by human hands. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Meaning, but you know, the narration we love, I still remember when I called you the day the narration changed and you tried to calm me down. But, uh, you know, I liked it when you were it was picking up the storyline, the backstory of this Tomorrowland that never was and all that. I mean, I used to bring that back again. But and so, oh, no, so the you, TTA. Don't you okay. dare touch. All right. The TTA. That's one of my that's that should have been on the untouchable list. Too. Oh, I mean, yeah, right. I, I'm sorry. I threw you there. <laughs> so you talk about retheming sort of Tomorrowland as a whole. And you also gave a bonus with the bonus. Tomorrowland Speedway. If I'm, if I'm, if I was listening correctly, it's about right. I'm, I'm gonna, glad you were listening, though. I, I mean, vaguely. Um, yeah, I'm going to sort of piggyback, and I'll, I'll agree with you. Tomorrowland Speedway was on my list, um, and I'll, oh, really? It was. You know what? I'll, I'll oh. actually stay in t- for you. I will stay in Tomorrowland, and I'll help connect the dots because okay. I mentioned. On last week's show, I've actually been thinking this is going to be coming for a while. I think that now is finally the time it is going to happen at Expo. I think we are going to get, like I believe, we are going, in my little like futuristic heart of hearts, we are going to get an announcement of an update coming to Tomorrowland that just happens to coincide with the opening of Tron. Tomorrowland is in need of a refresh. We see that attractions are closed. Some haven't been updated in a while. It's sort of, I don't want to say it sounded the death knell for, but it sort of rings in this idea that Tomorrowland is due for a refresh. 
Stitch's Great Escape has been closed for some period of time. It's actually a huge space. You know, people don't realize that there were the yeah. two identical theaters in there. So the retheming idea that I have doesn't fit here because I'm like, oh, because Tim, I've wanted to see an end of like a Tron end of line club somewhere in Tomorrowland. Maybe we'll see it at the Tomorrowland Light and Power Company by Space Mountain. I would just love to see Mm -hmm. some sort of Tron themed location. And oh, by the way, as long as you're out there at Expo, you can announce that a third Tron film is actually going to be in development. (laughs) But I will say that... Stitch's Great Escape for some time has had rumors, uh, even going back to last expo, of a Wreck-It Ralph attraction coming into it. I don't know if that's what I would put there, but I will piggyback on you. If we're going to update the Tomorrowland Speedway, and undoubtedly with the electric cars, we'll miss that smell of those fumes and the sound of those engines revving. (laughs) But think about this. I have two words for you. You ready? Uh Uh-huh. Sugar Rush. You do a little Wreck-It Ralph Sugar Rush race. You sort of re-theme it to the video game of Sugar Rush. You now have Wreck-It Ralph and sort of this cool, fun, not necessarily futuristic, right? Because that's always been the issue with Tomorrowland. But you now have this one wonderful, fun, and still, I think, relevant re-theming of an attraction in Tomorrowland. If I had a mic I could do this with, I would drop it on your behalf right now. I love that. I love that. And and then I can sing the song with no shame because I sing it now, but with a lot of shame. So, And I'm not going to do it. Now. Thank you. I love that idea. Oh, I love it. Yes. Yes. Next on your list. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Man, this is a big one. And I'm kind of going to, I guess I'll split it up into two. So... And I, I wanted to throw a caveat out there that I don't know if some of the stuff I'm talking about is maybe already well known that it's happening and I'm just not aware of it. But if that's the case, let me know. But I'm going to Hollywood Studios next for mine. And I'm kind of rethinking the whole park. <laughs> no, not, not really. Not the whole park. Not the whole park. Um, no, I was, I was having a thought and I've had this for a while. I'm sure we've all had it for a while. But when Hollywood Studios started as Disney MGM Studios, and this really was a glimpse into the movie-making magic of Hollywood, and you went behind the scenes to see how everything was done from sound to special effects to animation, with Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land coming, which are both fantastic, don't get me wrong, but yes, we started to slip away from that overall notion of this is how we make movies, now we're going to into the worlds of the movies that we know and love, which is fantastic. So I'm not saying do anything with those, but it made me look at the original versions of the park that are still left and thinking about them now in this light. And maybe some of them don't fit so well anymore. Now, I think Hollywood Boulevard as it is, is perfect. And I wouldn't change that. And Sunset Boulevard is too scary. I don't go down there, but that can change. Echo Lake, though, always that always kind of stood out to me, even back in the day, because quite frankly, I didn't know what Echo Lake was. And I would venture to say most people don't know what the real life references are to Echo Lake and Gertie the Dinosaur and all that. And there's history there, and it's fun to explore and learn about if you're, if you're a real Disney fan and want to get into it. But for the casual person, I was always wondering if they even knew 
what the significance of this area was. If they listened back to show number 28 in 2007, they would know. They would, they know, would exactly know exactly what all the references to, to Echo Lake. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, I thought even even knowing what the references are, but since we're kind of getting away from this is your creation of the golden age of Hollywood and so forth. Well, why don't we pick up on this idea that we're recreating the magic of the movies, but in a different way. So maybe let's take the echo, that entire Echo Lake area and transform. And my first thought would be how cool would it be to me a Marvel area? But as you mentioned, there's a lot of why we can't to go with that. So in lieu of that, I thought it would be cool to do an industrial light and magic area. And it kind of kind of keeps into the theme of we're still going behind the scenes of movies and going into the the magic of how movies are made and so forth. But now we can kind of tie the whole area together. And if we keep Star Wars or Star Tours and Indiana Jones, it sort of makes sense. Although Star Tours now seems odd sitting out there away from why isn't it in the area of the park where it should be? But it is where it is. But that would make some sense. And then you could take some of the other theaters that are around either in use now, like the Mickey Shorts Theater or just sitting there and put in some attractions or films or experiences that go into the how special effects are made, how they're done. Because quite frankly, that's what most people are interested in when you ask, how did they do this? It's usually a special effect, not how, how did they make that crunchy sound of snow in the movie? Well, that's interesting. I want to know how they make TIE fighters fly. So so it could be fun to build a whole bunch of experiences and re maybe recast Indiana Jones and Star Tours within this framework of an industrial light and magic I'm, area. I'm sweating to just a little bit. Okay. Oh, you <laughs> talk about Indiana Jones and Star Tours in a simp in a single breath. Well, again, I don't know what's the future of those, but um, like Indiana. Well, you know, I don't know Indiana Jones. Uh, it's forever rumored that it's going to go away, but I don't know if that's true or not true or happening or not but but anyway that was my thought and then it would, it would kind of you'd have a you know your star wars area toy story mania your hollywood area but then you'd have a more any coherent area because that go like to me always kind of was a just a mishmash of unrelated things so what so give me so you know. sort of like laid out for me like what buildings are you talking about like the old radio studio and the little theater that's in there or or like are you talking about uh the the um, the frozen sing-along like what yeah well you, you have i mean if you yeah if you look at a map though the one thing <laughs> i don't know if this is a good or bad thing but the studios you know it's kind of a sp sprawling thing that's not the hub and spoke traditional layout we know so you can you kind of redraw it however you want so if you kind of look at a map you have echo lake in the middle again whether you even keep that or not or do something else with it but yeah, you had that building complex that you just said with Frozen Sing Along and the Mickey Shorts Theater, which which I love, by the way. I'd like to see that stay because I love that. Um, but you could incorporate that into this new area. The Commissary Lane building even could be part of this area. Um, certainly, you know, Star Tours and uh, Indiana Jones and the shop and all that. And I will say you mentioned Muppet Vision and. It's sort of in a weird little area that you could roll into this too and call it this, all this one is area. A mass, you're now, this is not Echo you know. Lake. I mean, you're sort of like on the Grand Avenue. Like, this is a massive. Everywhere, like, everywhere. Hollywood Boulevard West, or I don't know what way is north on my map here. And then all the way up to Galaxy's Edge, you could call that all one area. 
because it's all one area anyway. Come on. And uh, and and have some fun with it. But like there's buildings in the middle. You, you could put in Hollywood Boulevard or on this side. That's kind of the the beauty of them, I guess. And because the map, it's kind of vague how you would want to divide the lands up. Meaning that, though, if you did want to do this, there's lots of lots of real estate you could access if you wanted to put in a new film, a new attraction and all that. You don't have to build new buildings and, uh, you know, things like that for the most part. Because there's a lot of it still there. But it may, might make that a whole not that it's not a fun part of the park anyway, but give it a great new lift and let you put in lots of new dazzling hey special effects because that's what the whole area would be built around. So. I don't know if it's directly related to what you just said, but I'm having palpitations. Like I have a radiating pain <laughs> down my. It's giving me the heebie-jeebies. I don't know if this is good or bad. It's giving me the he. I I I I I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Are you all right? I'm bored with this. <laughs> like, I look. I love. Look, part of what I love about Disney's Hollywood Studios, specifically, we'll call it the quote-unquote front of the park, is that love letter to old Hollywood. Right. I love the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and and the decor and some of the tributes and the background music and dinosaur Gertie and Min and Bill and, and all the other, like, so this sort of a massive retheming of basically half the park. It's a <laughs> well, lot. no, if this makes you, <laughs> if this makes I'm you not, feel better, probably somebody, I mean, at least one person that's saying, yeah, Tim, this is an amazing idea. I, I'm not, well, I have to sort of process Wait, if it makes you feel better, you could do this way. If you look at a map, you, you could call Echo Lake as part of Hollywood or uh, the lake itself with Gertie and, and, the, and the boat and everything. You could you could keep that as part of Hollywood Boulevard. And like I said, I love Hollywood Boulevard exactly the way it is. Everything you said, the love letter to Hollywood, you, you keep all that all the way up to the theater. Um and, and maybe that whole area is it's just as you get off, as you get out of the main thoroughfare and the Hollywood of old, and then then you are, you're venturing into Star Wars or Toy Story land as it is now. And you just make this another uh, and, you know, as I call it, the industrial light magic section, but not taken away from the Hollywood of old. And you know, they leave Gertie there, make, make her part of Hollywood Boulevard. We can do it. We have the flexibility. We're Imagineers. Just, just to uh, Windsor McKay, Marie Kessler, <laughs> Frank Lloyd Wright. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all this. They're rolling over in their graves, but it's okay. This is all about I, Tim. I need to, like if I don't move on, I might need to be resuscitated at this point. You know what? I keep keep everything the way it is, but just put a sign up that says "Industrial Light Magic oh, Area." Put up a few neon neon light posts and a couple paint something some bright colors and put some, put some fancy lights out in front of star tours and keep it the same and make it more glitzy. And that'll keep me happy. And then you, you can have your la 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 Hollywood. By the way, have you been watching be light and magic on Disney plus that tells I have, story? <gasps> how could you say, Oh my good God, Gandhi. How could you say this and not have seen light and magic is, is now, a- first of all, I didn't even answer your question and you immediately jumped to the conclusion that I haven't watched this yet. 
Well, could you start off with well? Unfortunately, unfortunately for me, you would be right in that regard. But I, there's a lot I have to catch up on at Disney Plus. I had so much going on. I'm so busy. All right, I need to. Let me. You need to me, calm down. See, you're not going to like this because that was a kind of a two part answer. Where do I get the part two of this answer? Wait, there's there's more. There's more, but um, it's going to be my next. Okay. My next. Answer. I'm going. I need to go back to Magic Kingdom and just I need to compose myself. Um. You know what? I'm. I will. I will. At least in my own mind, as I went through the list, I'll, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go back to Tomorrowland, right? I didn't want to sort of clump everything into this over, overarching, overhaul of Tomorrowland per se, but I will give you a twofer just so I can sort of move out of that space, and it's why I think it's so ripe for what I anticipate is coming, and my my twofer is two vastly different yet nearby spaces. The Tomorrowland Terrace, a.k.a. the Tomorrowland Noodle Station, you've gone through many names, iterations, menus over the year. I wish, I wish, 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 and we've talked about this on a number of past shows and and blog posts over at www.radio.com. I would love the Tomorrowland Terrace to go back to that original concept many years ago that was unfortunately abandoned of having it be the Astronomers Club. Oh, Remember very quickly, the Astronomers Club was this oh. idea, think Adventurers Club, this interactive theater in the round almost that would be, um, you know, that would consist of Victorian decor and telescopes and a gigantic telescope on top of that building, which is why that dome was there. And you would also have walk around characters like Leonardo da Vinci and Galileo interacting with astronomers and scientists and futuristic thinkers from history who would sort of talk to guests and put on a show. I I don't know that it would be sort of this rotational, ongoing show type of thing where you have multiple different seatings. I would love, love, love for something like that to happen in any capacity there. And Monsters, Inc. Laugh Lore, while I love you so... This is on my untouchable list, so be careful there, my So wait, friend. the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor is on your untouchable list? For personal reasons, yes. Okay. I have so, reasons, but go ahead. Hop in the way back with Machine for me just a little <laughs> bit. Years yeah. ago, there was discussion, rumor, supposedly a greenlit Monsters, Inc. roller coaster going through the doors with Boo that was going to be over where Pixar Place was supposed to be, where that Mickey meet and greet and uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire play it was. Obviously, that idea was scrapped. We now have Toy Story Land. It's a little bit too small. It's a lot bit bit too small to be in that location. But I do think that the laugh floor space and maybe even that type of attraction needs some type of an update. And I'm going to be perfectly frank. I'm having a tough time figuring out specifically what I would put in there that would fit into this new, new Tomorrowland, right? Because if we're going to have Tron, if we're going to have potentially Wreck-It Ralph, what else might make sense in there? What I would love, love, love to see, and I'm sort of shoehorning it in and having a little poetic license, Give me a little Big Hero 6. I don't know Ooh. what. I don't know what it would look like, but I love that character, characters. 
I love the films. I even love the the again going back to Disney Plus that new short form series that that just launched not too long ago. I would love to see some sort of Big Hero Six in Magic Kingdom and Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. We'll figure out what it would be. That's where I would put it. Okay, I'm with you. And take my Monsters Inc. That's fine. I like it. Does this mean it's my turn? It is your turn. Like it or not. All right. Let's see. You know what? I'm going to hold. I, I, I teased a part, too. But I'm going to hold that because I'm going to go to another one. I'll come back to it. Mostly because I'm afraid you're going to take it. But um, Or maybe this didn't even occur to you. And I'll get an attaboy. We'll see. <laughs> so one, one area. This, this is outside of the parks. And this is an area I, I, I think none of us really think about it too much. But it is an important area. And I think it could use for some refreshing is the Ticket Transportation Center. Wow. TTC. I might have gotten that backwards. Yeah, you know what I mean. And um, and I was thinking about this because, uh, you know, I, I do we do the monorail a lot and we do that transfer. So we spend, I mean, not a lot of time there, but we go through there a lot. And it does occur to me that for a lot of people coming to Disney, especially if you're coming for the day or, you know, if you're staying outside the park or something, this is your first well, after you pass through the gates, of course, to say Walt Disney World, this is your first Disney stop before you get to the Magic Kingdom. And it's it's what it is. It's rather utilitarian. It's it's what it is. It's there's nothing offensive about it or anything like that. But I was thinking about that. There's there's probably the potential to do so much more with it. And it's a tricky one. I don't know if I can get the Disney folks to agree with this because I'm not sure it's going to draw any more people than it normally would or anything like that because it's not an attraction but you could certainly dress it up some again if i'm going back to this idea that this is i'm, I'm going to lean into the walt disney city the future idea this could be themed as part of it this was part of the transportation system that took you in from the outer uh, residential areas to the work areas of you could just play that up um and actually, as far as promotion, there would be tastefully, of course, but you, you, you people waiting there to get on the monorail, the ferry boat or whatever. It's a perfect time to really lean into the new attractions and new excitement that's coming, things to look for, whether it's uh, signage or even displays or even interactive things people can do as they make their way towards Magic Kingdom or Epcot if they're going that way. Um it's uh, to me, it's just it's it's a large obviously it's a large space and it's more directional functional than anything. So I think there's a great opportunity. You could really retheme that into something that's pretty cool. It's still your stop on the way to your final destination, but you could make that extra magical. And again, for a lot of people, that's your first Disney experience right there. So let's pull out stops and get that magic going right out of the gate. I haven't thought of the specifics of what you put in there, but you could do so much. You want to take something that is functional and industrial and utilitarian, somewhat futuristic-ish, because that's what it was sort of designed to be in in 1971, and give it some sort of additional theming as sort of the stepping into the story for the very first time. You're not waiting to get into Magic Kingdom. Interesting. Yeah, and that, well, on Epcot too, for that matter. When you go over to that side, you can talk about, you know, what's Epcot. And actually, if you're like, you have the resort monorail, you could talk about the, you know, 
them a little bit, but kind of have the idea like you're you're heading off to the residential area of that Walt Disney city of the future, that kind of thing. And, you know, plug your new attractions. You got people there. They don't know about this Guardians thing. You should tell them about it. All right. So I'm going to confess, I am going to take something off my list. Before oh, no. I even get, I need to take something off my list. I'm going to mention what it was. Okay. But as as I'm sitting here, it was the first thing I wrote down for some reason. But my heart is taking over my head, and I just can't do it. Hmm. Going back into Magic Kingdom, again, I yeah. was sort of virtually touring in my mind's eye, and I was thinking new fan. Well, not it's not new anymore, but new Fantasyland. And I went over to Pinocchio's Village House, and I, look, I will admit, call me old, call me sentimental, call me nostalgic. There's lots of things you can call me. I love the Pinocchio movie. I like Pinocchio's Village House, right? I don't always necessarily eat there, but I love the theming. I love the nods and the little Easter eggs to the attraction. My initial thought was, how cool would it be to retheme Pinocchio to the snuggly duckling from Tangled. Oh. Right? Oh. I dig Tangled a lot, right? I dig Tangled a lot. And this, you know, the idea of bringing not necessarily the snuggly duckling, but Tangled into the park, it works, right? They've done this over in Shanghai where they've got the Tangled Tree Tavern, but it's more of a college. It's more of a cottage than it is the (laughs) snuggly duckling. On Disney Cruise Line... When they do um, on the Disney magic, when they do sort of the Tangled takeover on. So they do Tangled the musical on one end of the cruise. And what they actually do is they there's sort of like a snuggly duckling takeover of O'Gill's pub. It's completely redecorated. It's transformed really into the snuggly duckling. And it's not just a matter of decor, but. You know, Flynn Rider and all of his little hooligan friends are in there playing <laughs> games and singing, and the, it's family friendly. And then there's sort of a an adult-ish more version later on at night. It really, really plays well. But I just in my in my heart of hearts, I can't touch Pinocchio's. Like I don't want this Tim to be. Let's get rid of all the old quote unquote classic stuff. And it has to be something newer and more relevant for a younger audience. I think Pinocchio's is timeless. And maybe Pinocchio belongs on that untouchable list because it's Pinocchio. So what I will do is I will take Pinocchio's to Snuggly Duckling off my list and maybe potentially contradict myself a little bit because now I'm going to bounce over to Hollywood (laughs) Studios. Work with me here. Yeah. I'm going over to the Voyage of the Little Mermaid. That's next on my list, dude. Good. We'll we'll All right. we'll, we'll tag team on this one. <laughs> Look, first things first, right? Sort of taking the the realm of fantasy out of this. I love live theater. I love and appreciate not just stage actors, but all the people that work behind the scenes that make it happen. My daughter is going to study stage management. I very much get it. However, I would not mind. I don't necessarily think that Voyage of the Little Mermaid is packing them in. It has gone seasonal, which in Disney speak means it's not necessarily long for this world. It's a space that is built for a stage show. So 
my thought was, well, maybe it has to be a stage show. And then, I, I Tim, I, I sort of started going through my head. I'm like, wait a minute. Why am I only thinking about Disney's sort of, quote unquote, own IP and creative properties? Think about all the things that Disney acquired when they acquired Fox. <gasps> Right, so I'm like, wait a minute. Uh-huh. We have the Fox You're properties. Scaring me. Where are you going? Show, and I'm like, well, National Treasure the Musical that can't happen. Planet of the Apes also probably not going to be there. But maybe here's where we put the Snuggly Duckling. Maybe we put a themed dining experience into Disney's Hollywood Studios, which I would argue could benefit from some additional table service restaurants or even a, a quick service type of, of thing that has that interactive show-like element, right? Let's go back to the Adventurers Club, Astronomers Club. You have live performers in there, so it is this living, breathing space that when you walk into, you are in the Snuggly Duckling and you don't know what sort of characters just might show up while you're there. I don't know if it could happen in that space, but I'm trying to sort of marry my love of Tangled, my love of Pinocchios, and my thought that maybe this space is one that is ripe for an update. That was a lot. You talk about a lot to unpack. I don't even know where to start with that. I mean, I'm with you, but I, I'm going to tell you though, if if you put in a stage show for national treasure or Planet of the apes, I would be all about that. So please figure that out. Now that you got me thinking about that. Cause, Cause I, I wanted to sing like, Mike Wazowski, like when Mike Wazowski sings, <laughs> put that thing back or so, or so help me. I could see like a Charlton Heston <laughs> person. <laughs> Take your filthy, never, whatever. I, Take your filthy hands <laughs> off me. <you> know. <laughs> That'd be funny. I, I you know, more no, you damn 38, but okay, good. <laughs> I think the most important thing I'm taking away from there is that I'm, I'm keeping a list of clever ways, Lou, convolutes a way to include two or three entries into one and and you got a new one now i'm i took this off my (laughs) list friends and here it is and then you went with but i took that off here's the one i meant to say i I was literally just being completely (laughs) transparent and authentic in terms of (laughs) pinocchio tugging on my heartstrings and now with the new tom hanks live action version maybe there will be an even more new renewed interest (gasps) in pinocchio Oh, oh, now you and got I me love intrigued. Me Jiminy Cricket. We all, we could all oh, yeah. use a little Jiminy Cricket in our lives. We could. We all could. Yeah, I agree with that. And I still, I want to wave. Well, I guess it could be anything, but I want to wave to the people in the Pinocchio Village house from my little boat, and it's a small world. But I guess it could, that could be anything, and they would still wave at me, I hope. But, um, well, you talked about Little Mermaid. So, so actually, part two of my Hollywood Studios thought, was that area and it was actually the whole animation courtyard and you notice how i'm, I'm leaving the middle of hollywood studios alone and then the, and the new well, now stuff. that you've got it obviously i understand why it's the others it's the opposite side I'm doing. You're really, now the animation really courtyard just, just taking the bulldozer to hollywood studios <laughs> now animation courtyard it clearly is not animation courtyard anymore there's nothing about you know, animation left there anymore. So let's fix, let's put it back to where it was. And this is really an underused area of the park anyway. So I'm not, I'm not disturbing much. Um, I, I love the magic of Disney animation tour. Let's bring it back. I don't know what's going on there with launch Bay's not even open anymore. Right. Or still on hiatus or I don't know what's going on over there. I talked about this last week. I I think launch. I should have listened. Wow. 
um, awkward. I, I was, I, I, think, was uh, I think Launch Bay is is on its way out. Yeah. So anyway, there's that building. So let's let's put the animation before back. Now this is a chance though to rethink it because obviously it went through its changes as it started out as an actual tour of animation studios and then had to change as the animation studios went away and kind of morphed into a less than it was kind of experience, even though I still loved it. But this is your chance to just refresh it and make it an honest to goodness magic of Disney animation tour from the ground up, knowing you don't have an active working studio there. But, you know, let's recreate these areas and let's uh, if we don't have people actually in there doing things, let's let's have. Hey, doesn't Disney have something called animatronics? They could do something with this and film and then all kinds of things to once again, let people relive uh, how animations brought to life, even historically from the days of Snow White and that multi-plane camera all the way up through to CGI and the wonders of everything we see today. Let's bring back the Back to Neverland movie. Let's put it back there where it should be. Or you know, bring Mushu back, which, whichever you prefer. Lou, I think I know which one you prefer. But, um, uh, but that whole, so that's that area. And then there's the whole courtyard, which is fine. But on either side, you do, you have little mermaid and i was thinking the same thing it might be you know if you were going to revitalize that and do something else keep it a show but you know maybe you could transform it into if we don't do it you said which is a great idea but um keeping the animation not not recreating phil harmagic necessarily as an idea but that kind of thing maybe this is more a, a film show or or a theatrical show maybe along lines of the like finding nemo that's very visual and and groundbreaking with effects and costumes and stuff but taking you on a tour through classic animated films of disney whether it's of of old old uh time or, or the disney renaissance or newer stuff or kind of all of the above and even the theater which i'll confess whether it's disney junior or whatever it is i i i have never really ever gone there um and it's it's one of those things is we i talk a lot about attractions that people dismiss because they think they're for kids when in actuality you should go because you will love this like enchanted tales with bell for example but i will admit that's one stage show i don't have a small kid and i don't watch the disney channel so I, I really have no connection to it so um so i don't know that that could stay but that maybe that's a candidate too for let's pull that in or put a show in there that would tie into the animation theming of this area of the park because that's what this is about. This is what this part of the park is supposed to be to let us discover that the history and techniques of animation, which is what built all this in the first place. So that's kind of my thing is, is just let's bring the animation courtyard back to actually being the animation courtyard. I love everything about that. I love the idea of the studio being going back to a studio notwithstanding the gutting that you've done of the entire west side of the park. <laughs> I am going I'm to move I'm over. Um, right. I, I'm going to move over to... I, I'm going to skip one because I'm curious, curious to see if you mention it. Oh, and no. I think it's it's sort of the, the obvious 800-pound whatever in the room. Hmm. I'm going to move over to Disney's Hollywood... Uh, sorry, Disney's Animal Kingdom. And I'm going to combine two. I'm going to sort of lay it out there ahead of time. And I'll I'll... Explain why I'm going to connect the dots between these two. The mm -hmm. icon of the park, obviously being the tree of life and the attraction which lurks within is it's tough to be a bug. 
Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It has possibly run its course. Is it somewhat, and this is a this is a somewhat rhetorical question, is it somewhat dated? Is it somewhat unrelatable for young kids? Remember, this film came out in what year? What year did Bugs Life come out? Don't Google. 1998. Mm-hmm. Correct. So the characters and the story that are in there, <laughs> while incredibly relevant to Disney's Animal Kingdom, might not be sort of relevant to younger kids or or even older people who are coming to the park. My first thought was, sort of the first inclination was, oh, Zootopia, right? We, we have to leverage just how fun and beautiful and the animals in Zootopia, but I actually don't think Zootopia should go there. I actually think that there's a massive opportunity to not only leverage something that Disney recently acquired, but the stories, the theme, the messaging of conservation, the education slash edutainment that can be brought in by bringing in Nat Geo, National Geographic, into the Tree of Life Theater. If you've never spent any, look, you know, when you fire up Disney Plus, it's very easy and very tempting to go to Marvel, to go to Star Wars, to go to documentaries, classic animation, live action, Pixar, all those different things, and sometimes forget, and, and this is not me, like, the work on the National Geographic section of Disney Plus is remarkably good. And you almost have to say, you know what, let me give myself a little bit of time to browse through some of these series. If you need some connective tissue, go watch The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom and tell me it does not change your perspective of that park, the animals, and the cast members that work within. But there are a ton of series, both current and ones over time, as well as movies that, and I don't know specifically what it is, that could be leveraged and bring an entertaining, educational, and yes, because of the the layout in there, hopefully interactive and positive changing attraction into that theater, right? I think there's opportunity there while still making it fun and interesting. If you have young kids, there's a ton of stuff for young kids. There's awesome animals, fearless adventures, animal showdown, zookeeper challenge. Weird but true is, is really great if you have young kids. So, Put Nat Geo in there. Now, you're like, Mangello, you brought up Zootopia. Now you're like, wetting my appetite. I want to see Zootopia in the domestic parks. Don't worry, I got you. Because <laughs> I'm going to see. Watch where I'm going. See, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm last glad you week, said <laughs> Shh. There's a method to my madness. Um, <laughs> last week, I talked about how I think Dinoland USA is potentially reaching it's end of life in terms of its theming. If we are going to retheme that area, maybe away from the dinosaur theme while still possibly addressing dinosaurs there or elsewhere in the park, we now have the dinosaur attraction, again, updated at some point. Remember, because it was called what originally? Countdown to Extinction. Yes, look at you. Love you, right? <laughs> look at me. So you now... <laughs> have this dinosaur film again it's not sort of you know in your face in the attraction but 
maybe now you have this attraction that will not fit fit into the retheming of a land. Part of me, and I know this has been sort of bandied about plenty of times, say, well, look, Dinosaur and the Indiana Jones Temple of the Forbidden Eye in Disneyland are literally mirror attractions of each other. Like the the the, the track is exactly the same. I don't necessarily, and then like, well, the fifth movie's on its way, but it, I, I don't necessarily think that is what I would put there. One reason is I'm not sure it belongs there. Number two, I like having Indiana Jones in Disneyland, so I have yet another reason to go other than Cozy Cones and Avengers Campus. So, little Timothy Foster, the yes. long and short answer where I was going <laughs> with this is, what if you made Dinosaur rethemed to Zootopia? You now have a fun, sort of not-so-wild ride that is less scary than Dinosaur. It's more family-friendly. It is more updated, quote-unquote, more relevant, and potentially for guests, especially with those with young kids, becomes more fun. And that is how you get from tough to be a bug (laughs) to Dinosaur to Indiana Jones to, to Nat Geo to Zootopia. You just gave go with me a whole new. <laughs> but it works. It, it whole works. Niche? Yeah. Wait, I have a question. So when you go on your Disney Plus, because I do have Disney Plus, and you want to go watch an episode of The World According to Jeff Goldblum, aren't I going in National Geographic's channel? Isn't that where that is? Are you? Uh... And I think we, I think you are. I, I want to Google it, but I, I, but I, I don't, don't want to make so. a lot. Of I don't think the world. Of Where is it? Goldblum is on Nat Geo. Let me tell you something. You want to watch something that will knock your socks off and even sort of keep it on in the uh, in the background. And I know I've said this like I'm a, there's a, a series. It's a three part series called Japan Between Earth and Sky on Nat Geo. It is literally one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen on screen. Not just because I love Japan and know it's not all about sushi, but it is this beautiful three episode docu series through the Snow Island and the Mountain Island and and the the Blue Island. If you have a 4K TV, you're gonna want to, you. It's spectacular. That's wonderful. Now back to what I was saying. So the, <laughs> now the world according to Jeff Goldblum. It is, is National Geographic. I'm national sorry, you're correct. is National, national Geographic. Geographic. So when you were saying that, I can back in my mind was let's just forget it. I want an animatronic Jeff Goldblum <laughs> telling me about the wonders of, and he can talk about anything he wants to when I'm in. So I'm there. Now that was that was that was long, convoluted, confusing, and I loved every second. Welcome to my life. <laughs> that describes <laughs> basically everything that I do. There you go. Well, let's see. By my count, this is number five. This is it for me. Which is good because I'm getting at the end of my list. I kind of, <laughs> as usual, I kind of throw the big ones out so you don't steal them. So these are kind of in my honorable mention ones. But, you know, I want to throw this out because I I will confess there may be stuff happening here and I just don't know about it. And if there is, this would be my clever way of asking you, Lou, say, what's going on with this area that I don't know about? And I'm going back to Epcot. And my thought was, let's once and for all do something 
permanent and and fun and interactive and it's there to stay let's do something with the odyssey restaurant building and as i say this i i do ask you because i don't know i never know what's going on with this are there any plans for the odyssey or is it in its perpetual it's doing this it's doing this we don't know who knows is, is that where it is or is there news coming or are you thinking there may be news coming about this you know i was there a few weeks ago and they yeah. took out the Epcot exhibit right. in the middle, yeah. unfortunately, which I thought was beautiful, very well done. Yeah. And I liked having that sort of throwback to sort of the preview center, right, of what is coming for Epcot. Mm-hmm. It's in this weird space yeah. right now because it serves a very needed and viable purpose for the festivals. It is a place where it is a festival sort of marketplace in there. It's indoors, it's air-conditioned, it has a ton of standing and seating areas. There was this weird sort of DJ thing going on during the last festival. It didn't sort of feel, quote-unquote, right to me, but I digress. (laughs) I don't know, Tim, because of its utilization for festivals and for special events, and I do believe it is a space that can be rented out for, you know, quote-unquote, corporate-type events, I'm not sure if it's in the crosshairs of this is a space that we can and should retheme. I also don't know because well, of where it's situated, the way it's built over that sort of, I mean, let's call it what it is. There's a giant sinkhole <laughs> in front. It's why that, that so there's a <laughs> well, water feature yeah. in front of it. Right. I don't right. know if you could put something else into that space. Again, it's also a one-story building. It has the kitchen behind it, but... I, I could be completely off. All right. Well, that being said, let's put it in the crosshairs. Let's do something with it once and for all. And it's it's funny because you were saying that I, I know it stand, it, it's used for special events and at the festivals and uh, press events and other things. But I, I don't I'm not one of those that thinks, well, you can't do anything with the building because it does serve a function. It does all these things. I think it's more like I feel like it's backwards. It's we use the building for these functions because it's there. It doesn't mean you have to use it because I mean, you go to the other parks. There aren't I get the Magic Kingdom. I can't think like there's a similar nondescript huge building in the middle of the park that just gets used for different stuff, you know. So um, so let's do something. I don't know if Epcot needs another restaurant, which is what the Odyssey started as um, with Space 20 or even another counter service and you have connections now which is fabulous by the way um i wouldn't say no to more food but if if it's felt that that's not necessary you could certainly transform it into an experience maybe not a full-blown attraction although i would not be one to object to let's bring back some version of horizons type of attraction there and by the way you can put i think technically it is part of world celebration now as you draw the lines on the map uh, with Spaceship Earth and Imagination. But you look at a map, it would totally make sense to belong to world discovery and hence take on a more future forward-looking scientific kind of thing like, you know, Mission Space and so forth. Um, you could make it a film. You could make it a, a, a mini intervention since we don't have that now. Um, redo something like that. Maybe it could be an interventions kind of thing which could be an ever-changing 
experience, but one that's always an experience because like every time I go, if it's not a festival, it's just a nothing. Nothing's going on there. It's just the building you walk around when you're trying to take the, that shortcut to Mexico from Test Track. Um, and even in festivals, it's a walkthrough, um, that kind of thing. When they had the Epcot experience, that was really cool. That, that's the case. There's something to actually go in and see and spend some time at. So it'd be cool to turn to turn that building. It just seems like a, a an underutilized area building that's there. And you it could be an, an attraction, whatever it could be. Uh, I thought one thing that could be cool Again, I keep I keep going back this leaning into the Epcot original plans of the city and so forth. But if you're going to follow on the world celebration theme, we're going to have that Walt well, is the Dreamers Point area and all that. It would be cool to maybe in that building you have like a Walt Disney Presents kind of experience, but at Epcot. But this is more really diving into what Epcot was going to be and how it got to be this, and you could cleverly designed in such a way the walkthrough that part of the original city there was going to be an international marketplace that was part of Walt Disney's plan and that's sort of morphed into what became World Showcase so play that up lean into it talk about it have some food from all around the world which I think they did at one point or no at the World's Fair they did that in 1964 in New York um, but have it be a night a cool way to transition from world discovery celebration into world showcase because that's how the city was going to operate it was kind of the in the in the middle part of the city you had these this, the corporations coming in and showcasing their technologies to the future combined with this international marketplace where we shared culture and stuff so marry the two and let people know what was the history of epcot and explore it and and have some fun but make it just something more permanent and more of an, an honest to goodness destination instead of that weird building we all walk around or through depending on what time of year it is so i like that idea right i like the idea and, and in sort of keeping with the the you know the rules as we laid out we're not sort of gutting this space we're not turning it into something that it's not and from when it first opened in 1982 it has always been a restaurant right it's been a quick service restaurant when it was just mm -hmm. the odyssey restaurant and it was very sort of pedestrian right burgers and fries and hot dogs and things like that if you go back to show 671 i know you remember this very vividly tim we talked about yeah top 10 ideas for a themed dining <laughs> experience based on disney pixar marvel and star wars but i do like the idea of the Odyssey itself, both in physical space and culinary-wise, being a gateway from Future World into World Showcase. And I think there's opportunity here to represent cultures and flavors that might not have a pavilion on the promenade or even be represented during one of the festivals, but have a rich cultural and culinary tradition right so if we're not going to i mean i know we have things like coco and um and and some of the uh, some other cultures sort of represented in the pavilions that are there but i think there's a lot of other you could even almost tie it into if you want to bring some ip in you could tie it into other films that might not necessarily have that culture represented in world showcase itself look I, I talked last week about how i would love to see encanto and i think we will see encanto somewhere but if you have this place that has a little sort of bite-sized portions of flavors from around the world so you can have like bunuelos from colombia you can have 
Hawaiian food from Lilo and Stitch. You can have, you know, Southeast Asia, Raya and the Last Dragon. I mean, there's sort of ways that you can tie in to some of the cultures if you want to bring it into IP. But I, I think you're right, almost like a mini buffet of a culinary journey around the world. I'm starving, by the way. I can tell. um all right so was that your number five yeah i have like what wait what is i have two but they're honorable mention kind of thingies yeah so this is so so we'll sort of just kind of wrap it up because look i I was going to mention um in epcot i was going to mention the grand fiesta tour being coco but i think we talked about it last week and i think it's something that may or may not actually be in the works I, i did bounce over to Disney's Hollywood Studios briefly because I do think that Rock and Roller Coaster, right? There's been various sort of substantiated rumors that the contract with Aerosmith may or may not have been or been expired. So maybe a retheming is coming for Rock and Roller Coaster. I've heard a lot of people talk about something, Tim, and I'm going to hand in my Disney card now We've talked about this in the clubhouse and on the live show, and I know I am embarrassed and humiliated. A lot of people are talking about making Rock and Roller Coaster themed after Powerline from a goofy movie, which I've never seen. Do I have to hand in my card? No, I saw the movie, but I don't remember. It was one of the movies that my daughter watched for like, you know, the movie your kids will watch for two months straight. Right. And you it was one of those, but I don't really <laughs> but I've also been warned, Lou. Yes. You just brought your daughter to college. It is in a very emotional time for you. Maybe right now is not the time for you to watch well, a, a goofy movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe yeah. this is maybe this is the Monsters Inc. roller coaster. Maybe that's oh. you put the roller coaster through Boo, you know, with Boo and through the doors and visiting all of these crazy places and destinations from around the world. Can you do it in two minutes or however long it lasts? Probably. All right. Um, I like also, it though. I I, like I would you. love that. Short and yeah. sweet, like me. Yeah. <laughs> one last one, <laughs> and I don't know what it would be. And I think again, it's just a matter of time before this happens. Uh, NBA experience. I want to say how we miss you so, but I don't. You didn't last very long. Um, (laughs) I would say this should be something like an ESPN, but CityWorks is right there. So maybe this is where you put a Tron end-of-line club or some sort of Wreck-It Ralph 2-themed sort of fun internet space. I don't know. I would actually love to know from you, our friend or listener, like what you would do with that NBA experience. It's a huge, huge multi-story venue. There's a lot of opportunity there to do something. Uh, any, all right, let's just quickly, any quick last minute, like honorable mentions you'd throw in? Yeah, a couple real quick. So we, I was just at the Contemporary and as people know, there's an Incredibles theme going on, which yeah, like I hate it. But I, I'm with, I know you just revented, renovated Contemporary, renovated again. Wow. But you can kind of keep it the way to, no, you can keep it. And actually, I really like it, but the other thing you have the incredible theming going on, which is how we're talking about it, but you can also look at it. It's really got a sleek monorail kind of theming that's going along at the same time. So I'm like, well, lean into that hundred percent and let's just ramp that up a whole lot more. 
Um, yeah, even the monorail. So now, now we're picking up on this is it's the, the monorail, the city future, all that kind of stuff. Theme the pool to Incredibles because the pool seems to need some theming. It's just sitting there. And then the other thing, I've talked about this a zillion times on the show, so I didn't make it one of my things, but making uh, just updating an attraction, not even it's theming, but the way it works uh, with Tower of Terror, taking the mission of space approach and making a couple versions of it. That was actually that can go slower and faster so everybody can ride it. And I was actually trying to think of other attractions in Disney that you could do that to because Mission Space, you could do it too. I, I'm pretty, I assume you could do that to the Tower of Terror, take a version and go slow. Roller coasters, you couldn't do that on. I, they have to go fast for a reason, I assume, to get up the hill. So you can't make it that much slower. The only thing I could really think of was like a flight of passage, but that's not that scary in the first place. But but I think the Tower of Terror, if you did that, uh, whatever you do, theming in the future, you're going to change it. That's a whole other story. But at least making it ex- an experience that, you know, everybody could do because, you know, we're getting Guardians and Tron, some attractions that they're just be frank, they're not for everybody, which is what it is. But um, so that'd be fun. And then there's the whole I didn't really go into it because I'm sure stuff is coming and you were going to talk about it. But the Imagination Pavilion. As a whole, not the right, but ramping up the theming, doing something upstairs. You know, you've 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 talked about it so long, and I'm, I kind of suspect we're going to get more info. I don't know. You may know. Um, so I, I didn't really dive it, into it too deep. This is yeah, I, Tim, I talked about it at length last week, but it's fine if you don't listen. It's 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 cool. no, no. I, I was in Walt Disney World. What were we going to do? Stop. <laughs> say, excuse me. I have to go back to my Did room. You have a and listen. <laughs> No, so, so I didn't go into it because I figured that was something that you've I you've talked about with like the, me on other shows and certainly recently. And I'm with you know. So I had on list, but not one to talk about. So those were the quick shots I had. So I will very quickly go through just a couple that I did not flush out too much. Don't come at me, bro. They don't I didn't oh. because some of these I'm going to quickly jump back to Magic Kingdom and I'm going to give you not one, not two, not three, but four potential possibilities. The Swiss Family Treehouse. I'm not sure, Tim, that enough people know the movie or even the story. So you either one remake the movie, which is okay because 62 years, 62 years, yikes. Since that movie came out, it's okay. I think enough time has passed. You could remake that amazing story for a new generation. Here's a thought. Throw a little Lost flair on there just because I love Lost and I would just love to see it in the Disney parks (laughs) somewhere. Do you retheme the magic carpets of Aladdin? Are you asking me or is that rhetorical? Here's another one that I struggle. Here's two more that I I legit struggle with. Tom Sawyer Island. It's right. It's I love the island again, young kids connection to Tom Sawyer, the stories. Hopefully, if we're parenting well and teaching well, our kids still should be reading and knowing that it's hard to think about anything else you could do with it. Right. But there might be an opportunity there for some type of living adventure type update. And yeah, I think I'll stay with that. I, th- I think that's one of those. If you dare change it, the uproar would be unreal. I, I from oh, but but that's, that's what being, we as Disney fans do, right? Like we don't, yeah, do, that, we probably that don't being go there every time, but we lose our marbles, aka Adventurers Club and Maelstrom. 
Right. And like if even if you just rethemed it. That being said, though, because I've talked about this, I think for the for, for, for what you said, kids, little kid, if you have little kids these days, I don't think anybody has the faintest idea who Tom Sawyer is. And to so to them, ostensibly who this area is for, none of this means anything unless, you know, you sat them down and made them watch the movies. But you probably didn't, in which case they really don't know who it is. So I think you could retheme it to something that would be a lot more appealing to kids and stuff. But, yeah, the uproar. I'm thinking Mr. Toad's wild ride up or that's what kind of up over you'd have. But yeah, listen, there's still some people that want to bring back Toad. Like if you're going to yeah, retheme well, anything, retheme poo and bring back Toad. Right. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah. And last and possibly least. Very quickly, there are there are a couple of properties that Disney now owns that I would love to see in the parks somewhere, somehow, some way. Disney owns Firefly. Disney owns that space western Josh Whedon Firefly series and the Serenity film. Find a way to put it somewhere, including potentially remake and back on Disney+. Plus. Uh, They also own Night at the Museum, which I think (gasps) would be an amazing entry into the Disney parks. And Disney also owns Kingsman. And I don't know if you've ever seen Kingsman. It's not necessarily the most family-friendly thing, but I think it's a really cool um, franchise and story. Look, again, with the acquisition of all the properties that Disney has, they have such a wide spectrum of characters and stories and fun and adventures that they could choose from. And that's what this list was completely about, was just us and hopefully you having fun. I would love to know, and Tim would, wouldn't won't listen, but I'm sure he would like to know as well what your thoughts <laughs> are me. in terms of what place or space you would retheme. There's a lot of different ways you could let us know. I will pose this question in the clubhouse at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. It is our fun, friendly, family-friendly group over on Facebook. Or better yet, call the voicemail. I'll play it on the air. Let me know where you would retheme, what you would retheme it to, and please don't yell at me about some of the things that I said, like <laughs> Pinocchio's Village House, by calling 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. And then when you put your phone back on the receiver and wind your cord up from across the room, then, and only then, you need to go to celebrationspress.com because according to my sources, there is not only amazing magazines and podcasts and all kinds of stuff going on there. But there is a brand spanking new, as long as we're talking about Epcot and the changes that are possibly coming. So, Tim, you're going to have to redo it all over again. There's a new Epcot book <laughs> launched by one Timmy Foster. Well, I'll happily make a new book in a few years. But, yeah, we just launched our newest book. It's Epcot at 40. Um, it's a it's a full-color hardcover coffee table keepsake book, like our 50th. 50 years of Walt Disney World magic book that we did last year. And this looks back on all four decades of Epcot, goes all the way back to Walt Disney's vision of a city of the future, how it morphed into the park we know today, all the attractions, all the lands, all the experiences, tons of photos, tons of fun facts, so much fun to put together. I think I cried the whole way through, through the memories, but um, so that's on sale now. The book itself is coming in October. We have a free monorail spaceship pin we made that'll go with it so 
go over to celebrationspress.com. You can check out all the details to get a glimpse of what's inside and enjoy that Epcot magic when the big celebration rolls around in October. I'm literally typing, wow, it, you weren't kidding this time. It actually is beautiful. It is a big, <laughs> it's a big, beautiful book. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you leave out the fact that it's not one, not two? It's not like a 30-page book, a six. No, no. 208 pages. 208 pages. 208 full color pages, mind you. Yeah. By the that's way. a lot. Of, that's a lot of magic. Binder, that's a lot. And look at that pin. You know what? <laughs> I think I'm going to order myself and the pin. one of these right now. There you go. Well, that was, your, that, just so you know, that was your cue to be like, no, Lou, don't worry. I'll send you one. It's you you literally one. you literally cut me off as I was about to say, it's okay, Lou. I have your set aside right here. But hey, if you want to. Hey, well, that's awesome. Definitely go and check it out at celebrationspress.com. I will link to that in this week's show notes. Go out and give Timmy Foster some love. And if you have an idea for a top 10 that you would like us to cover, make sure you email me, Lou, at www.radio.com. We will add it to the long and still growing list of topics. Little Timmy Foster, man, to know you is to love you. I know you, and I love and appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Right back at you, my friend. You just can't say the words. Like, you just can't come out and say, you like, I love you, Lou. Thank you. Thank you. Say it one more time so I get it clean. Lou, if my heart were... I love you, buddy. I ran out of metaphor. <laughs> You're like Tim Curry in Home Alone too. I love you, sir. I love you. <laughs> I'm happy you got that reference. <laughs> Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details and what you see, hear, remember, taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. And this week's trivia contest is brought to you by our friends over at Dizplates. Dizplates are high-quality prints on metal that are mounted on the wall with the help of a magnet, which makes them very easy to hang, and even better, lets you swap out designs quickly and easily. No nails, no levels, no hooks, just an easy-to-attach metal square. There are literally millions of designs available with officially licensed art from Marvel, Star Wars, Netflix, The Mandalorian, Stranger Things, Spider-Man, and more. So with your Dizplate, you can build collections of the things that you are passionate about right on your wall. If you go to www.radio.com slash displates, you can see some of my favorite that I've put together. And if you check out using code WDWRadio, you can save 25% off your first two displates and 29% off three or more. And if you're going to be at Disney's D23 Expo September 9th, come by the WW Radio and Mouse Fan Travel booth for a chance to win displates throughout the weekend. And don't worry, if you're not going to Expo, I'm going to bring it to you live So make sure you go to d23expolive.com and turn on notifications there. That's the WW Radio Clubhouse because I'm also going to be giving away displates to you watching at home. You don't need to be at Expo for a chance to win displates of your own. Again, visit www.radio.com slash displates and use code WDWRadio at checkout. Now, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. 
So last week, we were talking about Disney's D23 Expo and how it was introduced on March 10th, 2019, with the first ever Expo being held September 10th through the 13th. The first destination D was the year after. But Anaheim isn't the only place where a D23 Expo was held. The question last week was to tell me, where was the first and so far only international D23 Expo held? Thanks to the so many of you who entered, got this one correct, and knew that the first D23 Expo overseas was held in Japan, October 12th through the 14th, 2013, in the Mahima area at the Tokyo Disney Resort. And as a quick aside, if you've never seen the video of Alan Menken performing Compass of Your Heart in English at D23 Expo Japan, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. It is one of the most beautiful and moving performances of a Disney theme park song that you have ever seen or heard. It's that good. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for a prize package that includes a WW Radio mug and mystery prize. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Giselle Hernandez. So Giselle, congratulations. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay. Because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, Leonardo da Vinci, you're probably saying has no connection to Disney. Why am I mentioning it? Well, first of all, I love and admire his work. He was a polymath during the Renaissance and was a brilliant understatement. Artist, painter, engineer, scientist, sculptor, theorist, architect, astronomer, cartographer, paleontologist, and inventor. Basically, he was a slacker. Man, he would have had a great podcast. But he's also, he's a bit of a celebrity because he's also appeared in not one, but two Walt Disney World attractions. That's your question this week. Tell me what two Walt Disney World attraction has or had Leonardo da Vinci made an appearance in. You have until Sunday, September 4th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there, and this week you'll once again be playing for a Dizplate of your choice. If you are the winner, you'll be able to go to Dizplate.com and select any of their designs, and Dizplate will make and send it to you directly. It is a very cool prize. Thanks again to Dizplate for sponsoring this week's trivia contest. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again for taking the time to tune in this and hopefully every week. I'd love to know from you what space, restaurant, attraction, resort, etc. would you retheme and to what? Again, post your answer in the clubhouse at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. Be part of the community and conversation there or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. Please don't forget, we're going to be live at and from Expo September 9th through the 11th. If you're going to be there, please make sure you stop by the WW Radio and Mouse Fan Travel booth. I promise you're not going to have any trouble finding us. We're over in the Emporium. We're going to have interviews, live broadcasts, recaps, giveaways, including displays every day in the booth. And don't worry, if you're watching at home, you have a chance to win a displate as well. But we are going to bring the D23 Expo and experience to you. I don't know the exact schedule of when we're going to go live yet. We have to sort of work around the D23 Expo schedule. Stay tuned. 
in the WW Radio Clubhouse and on social for updates. You can follow me at Lou Mangiello. Look for updates on my Instagram at Lou Mangiello and again on the WW Radio page and Clubhouse on Facebook. Thank you again to all of the members of the WW Radio Nation family. I once again and always love and appreciate you as well as your support and your friendship and help. And I love being able to give back to you each and every month with exclusive rewards like scavenger hunts, group video calls, access to our private Facebook group, stickers, shirts, monthly care packages, early access and discounts to events, and much more. You can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar a month and help our Dream Team project, which benefits the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America by going to www.radio.com support. I want to thank some new and longtime members of the Nation family, including Alan Miller, Casey, Jamie Hecker, Jana Elias, Alex Goins and Carlos Silva. This show and everything we do at WW Radio could not happen if it wasn't for you. So I love and appreciate you. And speaking of gratitude, I want to thank you again for the opportunity and the life that you have given me. And I want to help you in return individually or your business or for your event or school through speaking or coaching or my mastermind group, as well as events. If you go to lumangelo.com, you can find out, find out all different ways that we could potentially work together and get tickets for our 2022 Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World, October 22nd and 23rd at the Hilton Orlando in Disney Springs. You can learn more at lumangelo.com slash momentum, but by design, the event is limited to 50 entrepreneurs to make an environment of learning, sharing, networking, and collaborating as effective and valuable as possible for you. There's also an optional 10-person Mastermind Monday. We are currently about 70% sold out, and I am going to announce speakers and sessions this week. That's usually when the event sells out very, very quickly. So in order to secure your seat, go to lumangelo.com slash momentum. And even though early bird pricing is over, I have a special $100 off discount code for your workshop and Mastermind Day ticket just by using code podcast100 at checkout. There's also discounted rooms at the resort if you want to stay at the Hilton. And I promise that this year's event, this is our sixth year doing it, this year's event is going to be better than ever. Thanks, as always, to Becky Mackin and the entire team over at MouseFanTravel.com. I cannot wait to see you and share the booth with you at D23 Expo next week. If you are looking to go not just to any Disney destination, but anywhere on the planet, you can visit MouseFanTravel.com for the best possible prices and incredible level of personal service, which really is their hallmark. All available discounts are all comes at no cost to you. It's who I use, and more importantly, it's who I recommend for more than 15 years, which says a lot about the trust and the confidence I have in them. And finally, my friend, and you are my friend, I promise you, whether we have met yet or not, and hopefully I get to meet you at Expo next week. If you like the show, all I ask is you please subscribe, and tell a friend, and if you can, take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show over an Apple podcast. I want to thank a couple of recent reviewers like JS Mem, who says it's a great podcast. It's just like being there. It's my way of getting some magic when I'm missing the world. Lou's full of great and interesting facts. A must listen if you are a Disney fan. And Charlie says it's thoroughly entertaining, enlightening, and educational. It's perfect. Maybe not perfect, but Lou Mangello will become your new best friend. Charlie, you have got a brother. We are friends. I promise you whether we have met yet or not. And finally, most importantly, please, please, please remember to always choose the good. Make a conscious decision every day to look for and find the good in everyone and everything that you encounter. And look, just because every day may not be good, it doesn't mean that there's not something and someone good in every day. All you have to do 
is look for it. Then just be the good, right? Be the good for someone else. Positivity, I promise you, is contagious. We could all use a little bit more of it. I love you. I appreciate you. I hope to see you virtually or in person next week at D23 Expo. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Martin from Flowertown, Pennsylvania. I don't think that I have called in in a little bit. Um, even though I've been in the shadows, I've not participated lately, not for anything other than life is busy. I hope everybody's doing really good. Um, I'm super excited for momentum. It's, it's getting closer. If you are on the fence about it, please, please, mention, um, if for anything other than you will be inspired and meet a group of really awesome people who you can connect with and help you through your journey. I'm looking forward to, to seeing everyone from last year, meeting new people, getting re-inspired. It's going to be great. And also, you know, as a side note, some of us are all getting together at the Halloween party. So if, if anything, you make a lot of new friends and a lot of business connections and like-minded people. So if you're on the fence, join. I think, I think that Lou said we're about 70% sold out. So jump in there and grab it while you can. Um, other than that, I'm super excited for the, um, the Halloween party. I cannot wait. It's just me and my son, Chase. He is the youngest of the crew, and him and I are going to run around like a bunch of lunatics at the Halloween party, and I'm so excited because it seems like it's back in its original glory, and I am dying to get there. And we're going in December using our Disney Vacation Club for the first time, and that's amazing, and I can't wait. There's going to be 13 of us doing that trip, but uh, I can't wait to reconnect with all of you guys. And I know I keep saying I can't wait, but I can't wait. Like, it can't come fast enough for me. Um, and then I'm going on the fantasy with my daughter for her graduation present next summer. I'm super excited about that. I need to get on a WDW radio cruise again. You guys are going to the Bahamas, no, Bermuda. On my birthday, April 15th is my birthday, and I really, really want to go, but I just don't think I'm going to be able to make it happen, unfortunately. So have a drink for my birthday on that cruise. That would be fabulous. And give me a shout-out. That's it. That's all I ask. Everyone have a great day. Uh, wonderful rest of your weekend. It is Sunday about dinner time, making ribs. Nice little August meal. And make somebody smile. And I will see all of you at Momentum. And some of you who are on the fence, you're going, make it happen, and I'll see you there. One song I've never performed in public before. Ever. It's a song just for you, Japanese D23 fans. From the Sinbad ride. Lift your sails to the heavens and fly on the breeze. 
Come to www.radio.com slash 670 for the full video. I promise it's worth it.